Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent another servant, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In today's gospel reading, it makes sense why that king sends out his army to destroy that city. You see, the king, he graciously invited his guests. The wedding banquet was set. The food was ready. However, those guests... They paid no attention to the invitation, and to make matters worse, they seized the king's servants, they mistreated them, and yes, they even killed them. What a bunch of jerks! They snubbed the king, they snubbed the great invitation, and they killed the messengers to boot. And so the king's response, it makes sense. The guests got what was coming. Justice was served. They were destroyed for their despicable actions. But things do not make sense when we hear about that man who was at that wedding celebration. You see, after the city was destroyed, the invitation was sent out again far and wide, which resulted in all sorts of people, good and bad, coming to that wedding feast. However, the king noticed 
Yes, he noticed a man who was not wearing a wedding garment. That was problematic. Because all of the guests who came to the wedding feast were given robes, given garments to wear. Therefore, this man, he was a hypocrite. He accepted the invitation to come to the wedding, but did not wear the wedding clothes that were given by the king. He was straddling the fence. And so this man, who came to the great feast, he ended up being bound hand and foot and taken away and cast out. He was cast into the darkness, away from the laughter, away from the joy, away from the warmth of celebration. So what does this mean? What does this mean for us? Well, my friends, this parable, this story of Jesus, seems to be pointing us to the importance of a wedding garment. That is to say, we can understand why the king destroyed the guests who refused to come to the feast, but where our attention then shifts and goes and gravitates towards is that importance of that wedding garment. Today's parable, indeed, wants us to focus on the wedding garments. Without those garments, the man was thrown out into the darkness, but with those garments, he would have been safe and sound inside, feasting and celebrating with the rest. Again, it seems that the wedding garments are important when one stands before the king. When a person, what a person wears and how they present themselves before the king matters. Now, this garment in the parable, it should actually remind us of our first parents, Adam and Eve. Way back in the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve had sinned, we read that they sewed together fig leaves to cover their nakedness and their shame. Yes, after they rebelled against the Lord, Adam and Eve, they realized their nakedness and they felt their shame, so they covered their shame with garments made of fig leaves and my friends, we have been acquiring fig leaves to cover our shame ever since. You see, that is how it works with fig leaves and garments. We invent and manufacture garments to cover our nakedness and shame. Just like Adam and Eve, every one of us creates and sews together garments to cover our shame. So what are your fig leaves today? What garments are you wearing to cover up your shame and disobedience before God? What do you wear and dress up with? Do you dress up with money and think that those little pieces of paper can cover your shame? Or do you dress up in a way of working out to keep a fit and beautiful body to offset the sinful heart buried deep within? Do you try to cover up your own sin and shame by trying to please everyone so that they really, really like you? Do you put on the garments of gossip? Yes, gossip, thinking that if you invite everyone else to always see somebody else's shame, they won't notice yours? Or do you cover yourself with medals of achievement and certificates of merit? All the good things that you've done, do you display that on the outside to cover your shame and sin? My dear friends, we all play dress-up. We all play dress-up, do we not? Unfortunately, though, the thing that we dress up with, the things that we dress up with are not effective. 
We must come to that realization that they do not cut it. You see, when God came to Adam and Eve, he saw right through their garments that they had sewed together. He saw their shame. He saw their sin. And the same is true for you and me today. The Lord sees through our dress-up clothes, the facades that we create, that we cover ourselves up with. The Lord knows that we are a bunch of naked, shameful, and rebellious sinners who are scurrying around trying to cover our shame, worried that someone else will see through our cover-ups and know that we are fakes. In the Garden of Eden, though, yes, in that Garden of Eden, though, God did not let Adam and Eve wear their man-made fig leaves. But instead, the Lord shed blood. He shed the blood of an animal, possibly a lamb. And the garments of that animal were then used to cover Adam and Eve. Indeed, the Lord covered their shame. An innocent animal was sacrificed in their place, and the garments of the animal clothed their nakedness. Now, with that in mind, as we look back at today's parable in the Gospel of Matthew, it might start to make sense to us. You see, to understand the anger of the king, we have to understand that the king is the one who supplies the wedding garment as a gift. And since the king in the parable represents God the Father, we must realize that providing wedding garments is not an easy task. God the Father does not just simply order a bunch of wedding garments from Amazon.com with the one-click buy feature, but rather these wedding garments are provided through the death and resurrection of Jesus, the shed blood of Christ. These wedding garments are not cheap, but purchased at the blood of the Son of God. You see, at the cross of Calvary, Jesus nakedly died for your shame and your rebellion. There he was stripped of his garment to provide you the seamless garment of his own holiness. And so to appear at the great wedding feast, which is the glory of heaven, before God the Father, without the garment of Jesus' holiness, my friends, it is foolish. And what is even more foolish What is even more foolish is to stand before God the Father with our dress-up clothes because God not only sees right through our dress-up clothes, but he understands all of our tactics to cover our sin and shame with something other than Jesus. To do that is to disrespect, to trample on the Son of God. Yes, it shows disrespect for the priceless garments that the Father has provided for us in Christ Jesus. To stand before the Father dressed up in our silly clothes is to insult the free gift of Christ's righteous garments given to us. Make no mistake, my friends. Standing before God the Father without any garments or with our dress-up clothes will arouse the Father's anger. In fact, it is the only thing left that does arouse his anger. So what are you wearing today? Yes, what are you wearing today? Are you wearing dress-up clothes? If so, repent. Do you think that you'll be okay without any garments at the great last day? If so, repent again. Yes, repent and hear the good news, the gospel that is for you this day. You see, when you were baptized, each and every one of you, when you were baptized, the great king not only invited you by name to his banquet, 
but he gave you wedding garments. He put on you the holiness of Jesus. He wrapped you in his glory, in Jesus' glory, Jesus' perfection, in his life and his love. And he gives it to you as your very own for now and eternity. And he invites you to wear it with joy and with gladness all the days of your lives. This is why, my friends, this is why we wrap our little ones in white garments after they are baptized. This is why we wrap caskets with white funeral palls. This is how we show that we are wrapped in the garments of Jesus, his righteousness. This is how we show that we are ready for that great banquet. We also show this by clothing the pastor in a white alb. The white alb that pastors and acolytes wear are not showing some intrinsic value with the pastor, but points to the robe of Jesus, his righteousness for us. So dear baptized saints, you've got to wear something to live in this world. You've got to wear something when you appear before the Lord at that last day of judgment. And what do you wear? You are clothed in Jesus Christ. You are clothed in his righteousness. You are baptized into his death and resurrection. You have been wrapped in his life. Never take him off. Never be found without him. But be clothed in him, knowing that you have a seat before the king at that great banquet and that you will never, ever have to fear the darkness. For you are clothed in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The Lord bless and keep you. you.